the blacks as opposed to two unarmed blacks killed every month by the police. The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1420. The answer and on radio.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleash the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420. The Answer. It is a Friday. And it's going to be a modified free-for-all Friday. We will have time for your free-for-all phone calls, whatever topic you want to talk about. But we also have a guest coming, too, at 935. We're going to be talking with attorney Tom Renz. He is the individual representing Ohio Stands Up, which has filed a massive lawsuit against the state of Ohio and more specifically Governor Mike DeWine, demanding an end to this state of emergency that has Ohio businesses continuing to suffer, Ohio school children continuing to not be allowed to go to school in person in most cases, uh, limits on all their sporting events, limits on dining, et cetera, et cetera, all of this nonsense that we are enduring, uh, even as we have gone so incredibly far past, we are so extraordinarily far removed from any, any threat of overrunning the healthcare system and st- stacking the hospitals five deep with COVID patients and all of the stuff we were told in March. Six and a half months have gone by now since we were told, just give us 15 days. 15 days, everybody stay home. We're going to close the businesses except for the essential ones. We'll tell you what's essential and what isn't. And we're going to close the churches. And we're going to close the schools. And we're going to cancel all the sports just for 15 days. Then we won't have the massive numbers of people flooding the healthcare system, the hospitals and clinics, and, and, and then we'll be okay. Six Months later, we are still suffering under the thumb, the heavy hand of the little bespectacled buffoon of a tyrant in Columbus named Mike DeWine. And every day that goes by, every day in which we continue to suffer under this ridiculous tyranny, yes, I said tyranny, no, I am not prone to hyperbole, But I will say what I mean and mean what I say. This tyranny 
every day that goes by reminds me that this was the most regrettable vote that I ever cast. The vote that I cast for Mike DeWine, and I have to admit that I did it. I felt like I had no choice, and I didn't. Really, when you consider who the uh, what the the other option was, there was no other option. I didn't cast one for him in the primary. I cast one for Mary Taylor. But the Mike DeWine vote that I cast in the general election is my most regrettable vote, and this comes from a guy who voted for Bill Clinton twice. You heard me. I was not always a very politically tuned-in guy. Coming out of college, 1992, I was a political agnostic. I was a political neophyte. I wouldn't even call myself a neophyte. I was pretty. I just was. I didn't care. I didn't really study it. I didn't pay attention to it. Didn't bother me. Didn't care who was the president. I learned all of my conservatives, a conservative uh, bona fides, if you will, I got them through my study of history and my study of the Reagan years after the fact. I was a kid during the Reagan years. I had to learn it and study it as an adult. And that study really didn't start kicking in until September 11, 2001. It's why I, I, I mark that day every year on the radio and have for the last 19 years. I have done so 18 years, starting with the first anniversary of 9-11. This is why it's, so, it's such an important thing to me. It really it was my, it was my you know, awakening but I, uh, I, I legitimately did not pay much attention to it. I was just, a, you know, there, were no, there was no Turning Point USA when I was in college. There was no Young American Foundation. Conservative political groups on campuses trying to educate people, so on and so forth. There also wasn't quite as much indoctrination going on then either, so I just didn't pay attention to it. And yeah, I was born, or excuse me, I was raised a Democrat by a Union Democrat father. And a Democrat mother, of course, they were more Kennedy Democrats. They would never be Democrats in today's environment. But I was one of them. Hey, mom and dad are Democrats. Okay, I registered Democrat. I vote for the Democrat. I didn't give a rip. And looking back through the lens of the last couple of decades of studying and understanding what liberalism is, what leftism is, what conservatism is, and looking at the history of this country, both recent and, uh, um, you know, uh, distant history, if you will, going back to its foundation. I can honestly tell you, as much as I regret my votes for Bill Clinton in 1992 and 1996, being the numbskull that I was, I regret my vote for Mike DeWine more. He has absolutely zero justification for what he is doing. The numbers do not support it. The hospitalization does not support it. The death count doesn't support it. He has moved the goalpost from we can't overwhelm the, the health care system to nobody's allowed to get sick. As long as people are still getting sick, well, then we're going to continue to have these in place. And then he's got the nerve to stand before the state twice a week and tell us that 95% of the state is open. Mike DeWine, you're a liar. You're an anti-Trump, bald-faced liar. 
And the fact that Jane Timken and the ORP, for whom I have exactly zero respect, the fact that they continue to support and defend his work as governor makes me want to throw the lot of them into the Ohio River. Forget about them. And I say that figuratively, of course. Anybody who can sit there and support this man's lies to the state of Ohio when businesses are open to the tune of 25 to 50% capacity, where I still can't walk into a McDonald's and sit down and have a sausage McMuffin. I got to eat it in my car if I want to do that. Still can't go into those places. I can't go into a gym and run on a treadmill unless I'm wearing a mask that makes me gasp after 25 seconds because I'm sucking in my own CO2 instead of uh, 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 free and clean oxygen. Tell me that 95% of Ohio is open. Mike DeWine is a bald-faced liar. Understand that. And attorney Tom Renz is suing him. And Ohio Stands Up is suing him. And God willing, this will hit a courtroom sooner rather than later because the longer this man is allowed to impose his own will, and it's literally just his own little power-tripping will upon the people of Ohio, the longer we all suffer. Tom Wren's going to join us at uh, 9.35. And I'm going to ask him some of the questions, or some questions, rather, about some of the issues that we just discussed. Phone lines will be open to you at 216-901-0945. I've got plenty of time to talk about the Breonna Taylor situation, plenty of time today to talk about the riots in Louisville, plenty of time to talk about the celebrities Athletes, celebrities, um, uh, uh, musicians, Hollywood actors, and media members, and Democrat elected officials all teaming up to stoke the flames of racism and to expand and grow the amount of riots, the amount of damage being done to big cities all across this country in an unholy alliance to try to destroy this country because they have their minds made up that it is irredeemably racist. They're wrong, and then they know they're wrong. They're just all liars. And we will continue to tell the truth about all of them, no matter what anybody calls us. It is not racist to call LeBron James an idiot, because I'm not calling him an idiot because he has brown skin. I'm calling him an idiot because I don't think he can add two plus two successfully. All you have to do is listen to him speak. All you have to do is listen to him push for more violence with his stoking of the flames, claiming that Breonna Taylor was murdered. And the same thing with Jalen Rose. And the same thing with, I don't know, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, all of them, Don Lemon. Stoking the flames of racially motivated violence. They know what they're doing. They're just too stupid to realize that a huge number of people in the United States of America see right through it. The numbers don't lie. A significant majority, according to polling, 
a significant majority of Americans, likely voters in particular, are furious over the rioting. A small minority of this country says, yeah, burn on. And that is the base that is voting for Joe Biden, and that is the base that LeBron and the celebrity crowd continues to play to. They underestimate you, they underestimate me, and that is going to be how and why we win. 216 This is a free-for-all Friday edition of The Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Yes, indeed, it is. Every bit of that. Tom Moran's attorney representing uh, Ohio stands up against the little dictator in uh, Columbus. Going to be joining us at 935. So I, I mentioned, and I'm going to call here in a sec, but I, I mentioned uh, in the last part of the opening monologue um, that Americans are rising up against all of this nonsense, and they are rising up against the celebrity crowd that are trying to tell us that we don't know what we're talking about, that this is a systemically racist country that needs to be turned upside down and inside out. And uh, there needs to be essentially what uh, what many would view as a reversal of power rather than equality for all uh, superiority superiority that's that's the call uh, let me give an example of what I'm talking about of people rising up SME steel president Dieter clone KLOHM maybe Klon I don't know said he has been so taken aback by what is happening in the National Basketball Association that his company has pulled their entire support for the Utah Jazz. This company is based in Salt Lake City. They have spent somewhere in the neighborhood of $7 million on tickets, licensing fees, and other expenses related to their luxury suite at the arena in Utah over the years. And they are so disgusted, disappointed, and disillusioned by the NBA in general, and in particular the players who continue in their weird little Black Lives Matter bubble in Orlando to be an advertisement for anti-American propaganda. The Black Lives Matter Inc. organization. Players kneeling during the anthem. Dieter Cohn wrote a letter. His company wrote a letter to the Utah Jazz owner, Gail Miller, expressing concern over all of these things. And the furor and the backlash, not against the NBA for the things pointed out in the letter, but against the steel company, have led them to take these drastic steps. The uh, owner, Dieter Klohn, who did not equivocate on the content of the September 9th letter he sent in an interview with the Desert News that he did yesterday, um, did offer clarification of the stance that said he and fellow SME leaders were not uh, were trying to share with uh, jazz ownership. Quote, there was no intent to offend anybody or take sides in what is a highly volatile political situation. We're not that kind of company. I believe strongly that this is America and people can express their opinion and it's our right and privilege to do so. 
And a lot of people lost life and limb so we can enjoy that privilege. But not in a sports arena that is not meant for that kind of action. In the letter signed by Clone and three other SME executives, the company detailed its long affiliation with the team, and again, spending some $7 million with the Utah Jazz, and they expressed their disappointment and disillusionment with the NBA in general, jazz players in specific, and management specifically, kneeling and protesting during the anthem and the NBA games that appear to be a billboard for, this is direct quote, a billboard for the Black Lives Matter movement. This is also a quote. It is ironic that pampered and exceptionally well-paid athletes cavalierly express the freedom bought for them through the courage and sacrifice of this nation's servicemen and women by disrespectfully kneeling during the country's anthem. By the same token, it seems odd and inappropriate for NBA players to adorn their jerseys with names and tributes for felons and politically divisive slogans from Black Lives Matter, when true heroes like Chris Kyle and Pat Tillman go unnoticed and unremarked. End quote. Back in July, you may recall, NBA league officials and players, uh, uh, representatives approved a list of 29 phrases that relate to the fight for racial equality as if that doesn't exist. For that players could choose to put on their uh, jerseys instead of their last names. No names were included on that list of 29, but the players have put the names of police shooting victims on their shoes. The letter from SMA Steel goes on to deride the Jazz for, according to the authors, turning an entertainment venue into a forum for political speech. The recent actions of the NBA, including the owners, players, and uh, coaches of the Utah Jazz, have converted a beloved entertainment venue into a forum for dissemination of political propaganda, which is divisive and completely out of step with our company and its values. They said in their uh, letter that due to actions by jazz management and management and players it characterized as disrespectful, it would be dissolving its sweet holder contract until things change. NBA franchises and players, like all others in this country, certainly have the right to freely express their views, but they cannot, however, force paying customers to be subjected to their ostentatious acts of disrespect for our country and its values without any consequences. So they're out. This is SME Steel, major corporate sponsor of the Utah Jazz, done, out, see ya. And I promise you they will not be the only one. I promise you. There are other organizations, I guarantee you, have very, very serious misgivings about what is going on in these professional sports, uh, you know, propaganda fests called games, and that's what they are now. That's why I won't watch a single one of their telecasts. Not one NBA game. The NFL is two weeks old. I have not seen one single game. I have not seen a quarter. I have not seen any baseball since it returned, and I will not until they disavow their support for anti-Americanism. And yes, Black Lives Matter, Inc. is anti-American because they are anti-capitalist. They are anti-liberty. They are pro-Marxist. They declare themselves so. And that is absolutely not something I will support, and neither should anyone else, including SME Steel in Salt Lake, uh, Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, and hopefully many, many others. We cannot abide by such, such a thing. Abiding by BLM is supporting riots in Louisville because guess who's carrying them out? BLM. Abiding by and supporting propaganda on the field and on the scoreboard at stadiums in the NFL is supporting the rioting in Portland because guess who's carrying it out? BLM and Antifa. 
If you want to advertise for these organizations, which, by the way, openly advocate for your destruction, then we're going to walk away. What do I mean by your destruction? How does LeBron James and his 8th grade IQ, and I know he went to Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary, but if you think he attended a class, LeBron James is is worth, according to the most recent number I saw, about $450 million. He's almost a billionaire, all right? How did he get there? He got there because of an American capitalist system that allows people with marketable skills and talents like his to actually be rewarded for them through the sale of all kinds of merchandise and licensing rights. A Marxist organization would offer him none of those abilities. I challenge you this, LeBron James, you god-awful anti-American thug. Move to Moscow and tell me how much you make a year while you're there. Move to Venezuela. Tell me how posh you live in Venezuela. Tell me how well things will go for you trying to sell your basketball talents in Cuba. You and the rest of of the entertainment world that thinks that this country is holding you back? Let Marxism actually take over and you'll find out what it's like to be held back along with every last one of us. It's 9.32. We're going to get news now. We're going to pivot to the Ohio lawsuit or the lawsuit rather against the state of Ohio by Ohio Stands Up. Attorney Tom Renz next. social justice warriors if you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended this isn't it this is the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer good friday to you thanks for being with us 937 on am 1420 the answer um we're gonna get to your phone calls i probably went on an extended rant there about that utah jazz story and about the uh Black Lives Matter movement in the entertainment industry. We'll come back to that, but I want to focus now, laser-like, on the state of Ohio. Uh, I also spent the first 15 minutes of the program ranting about Mike DeWine and his tyranny that is being uh, forced upon uh, the citizens in what is supposed to be a free state. Ohio Stands Up is a group of volunteers, some 5,000 concerned, freedom-loving Ohioans who have banded together to support attorney Tom Renz in filing what is essentially the first federal lawsuit in the country challenging any governor's entire state of emergency orders so that we can reclaim Ohio. The lawsuit is hoped, uh, it is hoped will set a national precedent. And as the saying goes, where Ohio goes, so goes the nation. Now, this is all part of the mission of Ohio Stands Up. And joining us now to talk about it is the attorney filing the suit on behalf of all of us, Attorney Tom Renz, back on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, Tom, thanks so much for coming back on. How are you, sir? Really good. Thanks for having me, Bob. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, Tom. Um, we spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago right after the 
uh, filing was announced, uh, and I kind of wanted to get an update on to where we are with respect to the process. Uh, I know discovery is is the next step. We talked about that. I'd like to get an update on that, find out when we can uh, get you and your your team deposing people like Attorney General DeWine, uh, find out who else you plan to depose. But we also want to talk about the latest developments here and what is going on, because we're two weeks further removed from the 15 days that we were told we were going to have to go into lockdown or shelter in place in order to flatten the curve. And that, of course, was six and a half months ago. Uh, so, Tom, first of all, uh, remind everybody who did not hear it the first time around why we fought on this suit. Well, I mean, our constitutional rights have been just absolutely squashed. It's ridiculous what's happened here. Everybody knows that what's being done in the state of Ohio and around the country is completely unconstitutional. There's no question about it. But they've, they've done it. I keep getting calls from people. Hey, they're doing this to my kid. Hey, they're doing this to my mom. Hey, they're doing this. Hey, they're doing that. And they're all asking me. They're saying, isn't this illegal? And my answer is yes, it is, in my opinion. And they say, well, how are they doing it? Well, my answer is because they don't care. They really don't seem to care about the fact that we have a Constitution, that we have laws, and that those laws are really there to try and protect uh, people's rights. So that's why it was filed. Uh, We need to go to the courts and ask them to remind the governors and some of these other little tyrants that, uh, you know, we have rights. We value the Constitution. That's what our, our our Constitution is here for and what our country is about. Uh, Tom, the governor was asked about the lawsuit uh, shortly after it was announced, uh, and he essentially blew it off the way he has with several other lawsuits. Now, these other lawsuits have been state uh, uh, lawsuits, and uh, the judges have indeed ruled against him and said that he doesn't have the power to do many of the things that he is doing. But, of course, they file an appeal, and there's a stay issued, and now it's all, of course, in, uh, you know, in appellate court hell. Um, what makes yours any different, uh, other than the fact that this is a federal suit, um, and is the governor going to be able to just kind of laugh this off the way he has all the others? Yeah, I don't think he's going to laugh this one off. You know, we've already been given the opportunity to commence in discovery, and, you know, the thing about discovery is discovery is about truth. So we get to look at their facts. We don't get to hear... Uh, you know, their opinions, we get to actually look at their facts. So when we say, hey, show us your models that are showing us how dangerous this is. Hey, show us the true cases, the true uh, results of these cases, the true death certificates. They actually have to show those. Now, they've been hiding those for months and months and months. And my question is, is why are you hiding them if you don't have anything to hide? We have, we have elected officials in our state House of Representatives that have requested this information and just been ignored. And the question I have is, why are you hiding information if you don't have anything to hide? Yeah, that's that's extraordinarily important. Um, and, you know, Tom, the, uh, we're talking to Tom Rand's attorney with the Ohio Stands Up, filing this federal suit against Governor DeWine and the state. The... Um, the numbers that we get, uh, you know, there's a, a brilliant investigative reporter. I don't know if you've spoken with Jack Windsor or not, but he's been really uh, maybe the only one actually practicing real journalism since this whole thing began, um, who is constantly going into the Ohio uh, Department of Health dashboard, their COVID dashboard, 
um, and digging inside the numbers that the governor is not giving the people. He's standing before the uh, people of Ohio twice a week, giving information that is either uh, old and outdated and not accurate, or if it is accurate, it is absent context. Or uh, you know, the third one is uh, it is it is uh, they are. Um, um, what sort of looking for devoid i guess it's similar like in context but in other words he'll give you one number but not give you the corresponding number uh that you need to know for example they used to talk all the time about the r not now they will not talk about the r not they're not being misled or, not, or they're not lying and saying the r not is something different but it no longer favors the draconian tactics that they are using to you know to infringe upon the rights of the people so they don't talk about r not if that makes any sense it makes total sense, and what you're saying is very astute, and uh, you're right. Jack has done a great job. I know you know what Jack's doing, and I know a lot of the people that are supporting him, and they're asking very good questions. You know, what the governor's doing and what the state is doing is the same thing that the CDC is doing and what's been done all over the country. They go on TV, they give you sound bites, because they know that's pretty much all that people look at. But then if you dig far enough in their website and in their published works, and you really have to dig. You can't just, you know, run a Google search and get taken to it. But if you dig far enough, you find out that what they're saying and what they've written are completely different. And I believe they do this to have plausible deniability, because like you said, when they talk, these sound bites that they give, they really, really are careful about the words they use, and they're intentionally misleading. Mm-hmm. We've got a whole section of the case dedicated to that and talking about the fact that this is a well-established principle used in public health. You know, we want to manipulate people and create an additional level of fear. And the ethical approach in public health is, or justification, I don't think there's anything ethical about it, is that, well, you know, we got to scare people to save their lives. Well, that's nonsense. We live in America. Just tell us what the truth is. We'll figure out. We have the capacity to make our own decisions, and uh, we'll go from there. But that's not what's happening. These people seem to think it's their job to be our parent and to baby us and to protect us from the universe, uh, all the while they're you know, sitting in their positions of power and not subject to the same draconian measures that we are. So yeah, it's ridiculous what's going on. Attorney Tom Renz is our guest uh, representing Ohio Stands Up, an organization that he helped form and start. It's got 5,000 Ohioans uh, contributing and volunteering and, yes, raising funds. Uh, Lawsuits are not free to file, and they're not free to uh, pay so many of these investigators for all of their time uh, uh, getting to the the bottom of this and deposing the the governor and others. So we're going to talk about fundraising for all of this in a moment. Tom, um, but talk to me about deposing. Talk to me about the discovery process. Where are we? I think the last time we talked, we talked about going into discovery. How close are we to you being able to get down and do something that the reporters in the uh, twice-a-week press pool with Governor DeWine won't do, and that is ask meaningful questions of uh, Governor DeWine, of former health director Amy Acton, current health direct, the current health director, uh, the interim health director, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how soon before you can get into all of that? Well, I'm going to give you a little tease on the discovery stuff, and that's because I can only give so much of our strategy away on discovery. But, you know, I mean, honestly, the reality is is that our, our approach is real simple. We just want to get to the truth, and if the numbers are false or misleading like we believe they are, then we want to take that to the court. If the numbers are what the governor is saying they are, then I'll just tell you publicly right now, you'll get a big, fat apology from me. Uh, publicly, and I'll go away, and no one will ever hear from me again. 
the discovery is getting close. Uh, we're getting ready. I have to have some papers filed with the court before October 1st, and then within two weeks after that, we have what's called a discovery conference. And that's where attorneys get together and they kind of make a plan for digging into the truth, right? And from there, now I won't be surprised if the state or anybody else objects to us trying to get the truth. I don't think they have grounds to do that, and I think it would be a pretty pretty bold statement to uh, to make if they were trying to prevent us from actually getting to the truth but you know we're gonna we're gonna we have a plan here we have a very very succinct plan for discovery uh i think it's a good plan and we're going to dig as far and as deep as we possibly can with every relevant party both state and national uh we do intend to check into the the cdc and what's going on there as well because that's very relevant the state of ohio has uh relied on CDC data for a lot of things, so we're going to be talking to people there. And the beautiful thing about this is is it's all under oath, and we get to we can ask for the original data, not, not the analyzed data or the data taken out of context or all that other nonsense that they're giving out. And it's my sincere hope that as we're able to file this, that this public becomes public knowledge and public information. And... You know, people can see the truth because it, one thing I've said a few times is if I win this case tomorrow, there's still 150 million Americans who've been lied to for six months that are scared out of their gourd. Some of them are smart people that just haven't learned that they need to question authority in pretty much every single scenario. So, you know, we do need to make sure that the, the reality is out there for people. I think that's as important in this case is actually winning it. Tom, I, I, we're talking to Tom Renz, uh, attorney representing uh, Ohio Stands Up, which is an organization filing the suit against the state of Ohio to end the state of emergency and hopefully to set a precedent uh, that works in other states as well so that uh, future governors and uh, health directors cannot uh, impose such draconian measures without the people having a say uh, in their own government, meaning through the legislature. The Ohio General Assembly has been completely kept out of the loop of all of this, and every time they try uh, to do something to have a say in this, uh, the governor threatens a veto or actually issues a veto and rebuffs this. I want to ask you about Senate Bill 311, Tom, if you know anything about it, and I'm sure you do. Um, I think it's a pretty good bill. Uh, a, a person I trust describes it uh, in, uh, in such a way in which the uh, it gets rid of the quarantining of healthy people and businesses. Um, now, this passed the Senate. It still has to go through the House. Don't know exactly what the numbers look like there. But what does Senate Bill 311 do? And if it is passed by the House, and again, I don't know if Mike DeWine would have any impulse to sign it, how would this impact the lawsuit? Would it make the lawsuit... Um, uh, you know, uh, unnecessary. So this lawsuit needs to go forward, period. And the reason it needs to go forward is that we need a, a judicial precedent that points out that there's limitations to emergency powers. That's critical. Right now, people don't understand that there really has not been a lot of precedent set. The reason that this has been able to go on in part is just because there hasn't really ever been a precedent you know, the, these guys, they found a loophole in the law. They said, well, you know, under emergency powers, no one really knows what we can and can't do, so we're just going to do everything. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody knows that they've taken it way too far, and I don't think anybody in their right mind is going to go into court and say that that's not the case. But until you have a precedent, you don't have a precedent. So we need to get that precedent set. Um, you know, our case was filed in a 
very strategic and honest fashion. We don't believe that there's anything they can do to make our case moot. Um, we do expect that they're going to work very hard to get us thrown out on any sort of procedural technicality that they can, because I don't think that they can win on the substance. So, you know, those are those are partial answers. As far as bills and some of these things that are that are going on, there's a number of bills that are either have been introduced or that are are running around in the state. And I applaud the people that are supporting those and trying to find ways to limit what's happening. I I find it really amazing. So the Republican side of this, the Republican base, as far as I've been able to tell, is absolutely furious about this. But because DeWine had this ridiculously high approval number for five minutes when no one knew what was going on, they seem to be too afraid in Ohio to actually stand up and represent their base. And there really seems to be a lagging indicator going on here. Um, You know, the election's coming up, and i got to tell you, if the Republican Party doesn't get itself together, I don't know what's going to happen in the election. Because, you know, these people are out there, the Republican side of things does not like this. And I'm not interested in making this a political game or any, anything political. No one should like this. I mean, I don't care whether you're right or left. The idea that your freedoms can just be thrown out the window is terrifying. And maybe you don't care about the freedoms you've lost today, but you might tomorrow. So ultimately, the problem is, is I don't know why anybody would support this, but particularly on the right side of the political aisle, I, have, I just can't fathom what the Ohio Republican Party is thinking in supporting this guy and what's essentially tyranny beyond I don't either. That, that, was, that was the first question that I asked or talked about this morning. The ORP is absolutely not doing us any favors by backing Mike DeWine, who is harming all of us, no matter what uh, party you are uh, representative of. Um, Tom, I've got one more quick question for you, but I'm really late here on the break. Can you hang on with me through a quick commercial yeah. break? Okay, let me, let me uh, sure. come right back with uh, Tom Renz. I've got a couple more quickies for him before the top of the hour on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 9.56 now. Uh, I've got four minutes left with Tom Renz, Attorney Tom Renz, representing uh, Ohio Stands Up in a federal lawsuit, the first of its kind against a governor for um, states of emergency that have been declared and actions taken under that premise that have uh, violated the rights, many of the First Amendment rights uh, of the people of the state of Ohio. Tom, I wanted to ask your opinion about the masking situation and call your attention to something that you and everybody else has seen. It has gone viral. Uh, Jack Windsor, we talked about before, put this in the Ohio Star. He kind of broke it from a news perspective. Uh, it was picked up by ABC News, Fox News. It's been everywhere now. A woman watching her 12-year-old son play a, a junior high football game in Logan, Ohio, um, was uh, told by a resource officer she had to put on a mask. She explained to the resource officer. Now, this, by the way, was corroborated by the governor in his statement yesterday. Uh, she told him she has an exemption, which does exist under this Ohio health care order. If you have a certain medical condition, you don't have to wear one. She said, I have asthma. Uh, I have been told that she also had her inhaler with her. So this is not some phony excuse. She said she has asthma and cannot wear, wear one. Now, the officer had two choices. One, press her and say, I don't care, you have to put it on or you're going to be made to leave. Or say, oh, you have an exemption, have a nice day, and walk away. Well, he chose the the former. 
Uh, he pressed her, said, you're going to have to put it on, told her apparently multiple times. She said, no, she was not going to do it. She can't do it. She doesn't have to do it. Uh, he said, okay, then you have to leave. And when she wouldn't leave, now, now it's criminal trespassing. He handcuffed her and actually tased her because she would not leave for not wearing a face mask. So that's a long lead up to the question here, uh, 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 Tom, and that is what do you see happening? What is necessary for this to never happen to anyone else in such an unbelievably horrific way? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. This was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. You know, there's this woman just watching her kid and enjoying her time, doing her thing, and this guy just was an absolute monster. It's a shame. You know, I support our police 100%. They've got a tough job, and it's a tough thing to be a police officer, especially now. That said... Just because your your job's tough, if you take the job, you got to deal with it. And one of the things you got to do is you got to be a professional and you got to be above this. This guy was was just totally off his rocker. It was unjustified and ridiculous. And this is not an acceptable thing. I personally hope that this lady, I don't know who's representing her, but I hope she's got someone who's solid. And I hope whoever I'm is told I'm told that she is talking with the 1851 Center uh, and Maurice Thompson. Hmm. Uh, which, which is, uh, you know, an organization much, much like you, really dedicated to representing the people against this tyranny. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know a ton about what he does or what they do on this. Uh, whoever it is, though, I hope that they drag this guy right, right through the street on this. I mean, there needs to be an example made of this. This should be an absolutely huge settlement with punitive damages and everything else. And I got to be honest, if the governor is not out there every single day saying that this is nonsense, we cannot do this, we have to treat people with respect, this isn't the law. I mean, he's got to bear some responsibility for creating this environment of fear where people are reacting. I, so I feel like he's got to bear the service. most of uh, Yeah, I feel like the governor's got to bear the most responsibility in this because I, we don't know what that officer was told to do. We don't know what we, if he was told you can use your own discretion or no, you must remove anybody who you know doesn't follow the governor's mandate. We don't know what kind of pressure these guys are under here. To me, it goes to the governor and the, the health director first, and then we'll talk about what uh, discretion the officer had in that case. Um, Tom, we're short on time here, but I want to say something that's important here because I've been asking people, and I mentioned this at the beginning of our conversation, uh, that you know you need support. Uh, the Ohio Stands Up lawsuit is not free to file. It is, in fact, it is very expensive to file this, scene, this thing and to see it through to its conclusion, uh, you know, in a trial. Uh, and there is a donate button on the webpage, ohiostandsup.org, ohiostandsup.org. Uh, and Tom, I want to set the, uh, I want to set the, uh, uh, the pace here. Uh, I see a donation set of boxes below donate five ten twenty five all the way up to five hundred dollars i represent an organization um which is called citizens for free speech 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to preserving and defending and protecting the first amendment and as uh, a representative of cffs i want to tell you that we are going to be making a full five hundred dollar donation to this case and what i want to do right now is challenge all of my listeners to match that if you are of the means to do five hundred dollars please do so if you can do five dollars or ten dollars please do so at ohiostandsup.org because tom it is that important to all of us well, I couldn't be more honored. Bob, I, I appreciate your organization. I appreciate what you guys do. Free speech is a big deal, and it's something that we also need to look at because there's been way too much censorship on this issue. But i got to tell you, I am honored 
you know, I'm just a regular guy. I'm a regular attorney. I'm getting a lot of press on this, and, and I'm not sure if it's deserved or not. But I'm thrilled to serve. You know, I look at what our soldiers do, what our policemen do. Uh, yeah, they make mistakes. What our firemen do. These guys are people, they put their lives on the line every day. Uh, I'm getting an awful lot of support. I'm not even putting my life on the line. So I'm, I'm honored you, to you do deserve my that part support. to try and make our nation better. And I no, do you, you are. the support. Well, Tom, do you do deserve that support. You deserve that support in terms of you know emotional support and public uh, verbal support, but you also need the financial support here. Your organization does to get make this thing happen, and and uh, I know a lot of people agree with me. So again, I want everybody to go to OhioStandsUp.org. OhioStandsUp.org. Consider making a donation to this cause to uh, win this federal lawsuit and end the tyranny that we are all suffering under and end uh, uh, the violation of our First Amendment rights. Uh, CFFS is donating $500. Please match us. Tom Rand's attorney, thank you so much. Please keep us updated as we move through this process. We would love to talk to you again soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, 10.02, we're late for news, but we'll catch up on the flip side. AM 1420, The Answer.